I think you have to like remember that you're gonna make mistakes and nobody is uh, perfect. There's no perfect parents. And every time you're dealing with something, it's probably something new. Mm. So you have to like give yourself grace. And then I think sometimes it's so important just to remember that they're God's children and they're, he's the one that's ultimately in control and we don't need to worry about all the little things, but mm. sometimes just take it to prayer and just do um, trust God and look after them. You are listening to the Grand Prairie Alliance Church Women's Podcast, where our aim is to encourage, edify, and equip you as you grow in your faith. May we be salt and light in this dark, mixed-up world. Welcome to GPAC Women's Podcast. Hello, saintly sisters. Welcome to episode three of the GPAC Women's Podcast. I cannot believe that we are this far along already. It's really exciting. Um, If you've listened to the first two, then I am extremely impressed. It's been a really steep learning curve for me. And yeah, I'm glad you stuck it through. Come find me and I'll give you a gold sticker. (laughs) Today, I'm talking with two amazing teachers all about back to school and setting up our kids for success, as well as as well as just what does success in school entail? Like what things can we be doing and be mindful of in that area? Um, I've got some really good questions to ask these ladies and I'm excited to do it. So let me introduce Candace Healing and Juliana Davidson. Welcome ladies. Thanks for having us. Uh, Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like what grade have you taught and how long have you been teaching? All right, well, um, I'm Candace and I have been teaching, this will be my 25th year. And I've taught them all at the Christian School in Grand Prairie. Nice. Started in grade four, and then I moved up teaching high school. And right now, and for most of it, I've been teaching junior high. So mostly grade nine and grade eight. Okay. And that is that like your sweet spot? You enjoy those grades? Um, I love the high school, but then they took high school away from our school. So I, grade nine, I really do enjoy grade nines. You hear that grade nines? <laughs> <laughs> totally. And Juliana? Um, I've been teaching for, this is my 11th year. And so I taught grade one for eight years and then I moved up to, to grade five and then a five, six split for the last couple of years. Okay. Yeah. And same for you. Do you have a, a certain grade or age um, that just seems... I can't pick because they're so different. There's things I miss about the younger kids. I think the unconditional love. <laughs> um, but I really enjoy the depth that you can go to with the older kids. Uh, and I feel like once you do develop that relationship, it's in a way more meaningful because it's like based on more than just need, I guess, with the younger ones. But there's beautiful things about both age groups. Right. Yeah. Um, I was in your grade one class as a practice. I know. I can't believe it. I was just reflecting on that. <laughs> I remember I made like a corny joke about like someone throwing the clock out the window for to see time fly. Oh, and yeah. like it just no reaction and I was like that's the thing about a little bit older like there's humor there's humor there yes it's just so funny but you're right they're so sweet and they are but they also can have accidents so yeah I don't I don't miss that I don't miss the accidents and all that stuff that's (laughs) okay so my first question is back to school brings a lot of emotions Um, some people feel excited or anticipation while other kids or even parents can have a lot of anxiety and stress Um, it also can be the start of another like introduction to a very busy season. So what advice can you give parents and caregivers listening to help their child if they're trying to transition back into that school schedule, the school routine? One thing I think is really important, especially teaching junior high, is for them to get started in the sleep routine. Okay. Because they come back to school or even after breaks and they're just 
so tired and like I haven't been up this early for so long right so if they could start going to bed earlier and getting up earlier before school starts that will help them Mm -hmm. as well so do you do that? Do you start that with your girls? I do the week before. They don't like it, but yeah, of I, do, I do make them. <laughs> yes, I do make them. And a lot of that has to do with me going back to work and they just have to be up, but it's good for them because then they're grumpy and tired for that week before school instead of the week of school. Right. That's great advice. And I would say around scheduling too, just making sure, and I'm preaching to myself here because I do the same thing, but making sure that you just have extra space in your schedule because the summer's so free and then back into that scheduling and then all of like the sports and music and all of the other programming also starts and it's so easy to overcommit and then it's just like running from one thing to the other and there's no downtime um so I would just yeah make sure you have time at home with your kids and with your family for that downtime and even for them to have downtime for themselves and then for you to have downtime Mm -hmm. for yourself so like if you have younger kids just making like making sure they get to bed at a decent time so you have maybe a couple hours before you know you go to bed and wake up and do the whole thing again so cha 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then i think emotionally like cuz there's so many dynamics to school there's the academic part but the social and emotional part and i think uh one thing that one of my friends does with her family is like at the supper table um each one each person gets to go around and just say like one high in their day and one low in their day so you're taking that moment to recognize that something was tough and everyone kind of gets to share that, but then you also have to find one good thing as well. So it depends on whose personality and like how that works for them. Cause I, some kids are more prone to find the positive or some want to focus on the negative, but just to kind of take a moment for everyone for that, I mm-hmm. think is a good way for the family to just connect while you're all getting back into the routine. Right. Yeah. And the family sitting down for mealtime. Cause I can also go out the window at totally yeah. over summer. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's important. yeah. It really is important. Mm-hmm. Okay, our next question is for the student who struggles with school, whether it be maybe like drop off or every Monday morning, that same battle maybe mom and dad are going through, what advice would you give to parents that are just, their kids just struggling to maybe connect or just even find any enjoyment in school? What would you guys say? I would say like, especially if if they can before school, if they could go meet their teacher like the day before school starts, that can help a lot just for the teacher to have some one-on-one time with them and get to know them, especially if they're anxious about, say, a new teacher or a new classroom. That could help as well. Yeah. That's one thing they can try. Hmm. I would say my experience, like, with the little ones, it's, like, it's different, obviously, the age groups. And, like, I, I say this with caution and care because I know how hard it could be, like, if your little one is, like, screaming and wanting to be with you. And I, I have really appreciated over the years the parents that – like, say to their kid, like, you are safe, like, a mommy will be back or daddy will be back, and then they do the pass off and they leave. And, like, I've had parents do that and then text me, like, and be like, I'm in the car, like, I'm going to just wait here for 20 minutes, but, like, they just give us that space to to make it work, because sometimes when mom or dad is still there and the teacher's trying, it's, like, an awkward space to, to function within. Whereas if it's that Passover, yeah, they might cry for a couple minutes, but usually... With most cases, kids that I've experienced, like, they do settle down. But that positive affirmation from mom or dad, like, you are safe. Like, mommy and dad, mommy and daddy, like, chose you to be here. We know that you're going to be taken care of. You're going to have a great day. Um, rather than the, like, like, it's okay. Like, it's, like, like the, not the coddling, but just staying in that moment with them is, it just tends to kind of create that cycle every morning almost. Right. So it's, I think it's harder at first, maybe a little bit tougher to, to break that line, but then it seems that. They, they transition a bit better. Right. So, and that would be 
for my, my years teaching grade one, grade yeah. five, six, we don't have as, as much <laughs> crying like that. It's just more, um, like, like Candace said, just trying to make those connections with the teacher. Mm -hmm. But I really think the positive comments and the conversation with the child are really, really helpful. So, right. Yeah. Especially because I sure, obviously we don't hear what's said at like in the car or at yeah. home, but to know if mom and dad are speaking those things over like how great school is, yeah. why it's important, like yeah. reminding and speaking. Like, yeah, just good things rather than, yeah, school sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing, sorry, the other thing I would say is sometimes we have parents that will be like, like, just try and stay till lunch and we'll like, and then we'll, we'll see. But then I find when that happens, then the kids just have that in their head. They're like, I'm waiting till lunch and then I'm done. And so it almost makes them just kind of wait that time out in the day so if you don't have that promise on that end of it just like we're going <laughs> and then see how it goes kind of thing it seems to also help a little bit hmm. yeah that's good i know for like i my youngest daughter has never liked school and she's it's always been like oh school again but i think for her like there's always something that she likes right whether there's just going to be recess time with her friends right um even just letting the teacher know that they aren't necessarily liking school because then I think as a teacher, then we can try and make this little extra effort to try and make them enjoyable or like make the relationship mm -hmm. with them. Because mm -hmm. I feel like if they feel they have a safe relationship with their teacher, at least they feel it's a safe place to go and mm -hmm. they can feel cared about by their teacher, that's going to help them there too. Right. Totally. That's true. Like to give your the teacher just the heads up, like, hey. Yeah. And you're right, there's always something, whether it be the social or... Yeah, phys ed. Most kids like phys ed. Yeah. Yeah. Recess. Recess. Yeah. And I find, like, every kid wears their emotions differently. Like, so some you can easily read and know, and some you don't have any idea until the parents let you know, and you're like, oh, like, I didn't realize, right? So, like Candace said, to have that heads up um, just gives us kind of, like, a little thing to remind us to just check in or just make that extra effort mm -hmm. just to, like, connect with them. Yeah, right. Especially the quiet ones. Yeah. Because there's some that are very obvious that they don't like school. Like, you know that. <laughs> but there's some kids, like, they're quiet, so you assume everything's fine. Yeah. Right. And you don't know. Yeah, and it's so great when, as a teacher, if you care. Yeah. Which I know you both Which do. Which we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be able to, like, yeah, how can I, like, reach to, out to this kid? Can we, like... Even if I'm kind of faking it, like build some kind of bridge of like, oh, I also love anime. I don't. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just ask them to talk about anime. That'll just take right. forever. Yeah. <laughs> that so helps just to make that comfort and kind of like, yeah, they belong in the classroom. Everyone wants to feel like they belong. Yeah. Um, so my next question is, do either of you have or know of parents that have had after school routines that help kids after long days in the classroom? Kind of just like, I think sometimes we don't realize what our kids did all day. And then they come home and we're like, why are you so grumpy or like whatever? So yeah, I don't know if you personally have something for your kids or you've heard parents kind of share some good advice. I know for mine, um, like I would prefer like, okay, get your homework done and let's, let's get this over with. But they just need like a break. Mm. And so I just let them have some downtime. Um, I mean, sometimes we have, they have activities that we have to go to, but I try to limit how many in the week that they have. Because it is so important for them just to be able to just relax and just do something almost mindless for them. Um, I let my girls go on the electronics after school just to like kind of mellow them out. And mm. that usually helps a bit. Right. Like a and decompress. Then, yeah. And then later in the evening, then we can do more things with them. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, for, for my daughter, it's usually having a snack 
mostly because she's really chatty and doesn't eat her lunch when she's supposed to. So she comes home with a pretty full lunch bin uh, or lunch box. So she's usually a little bit hungry too. So it's kind of having the snack and then she also has downtime. Um, but it would be, she usually, I, I kind of make her room like, it's like her little safe place. So she'll have her music on or like do beating or whatever or read. Um, she'll do that. She also loves what it, the weather's nice. She'll go for a bike ride just kind of around the, the alley and stuff like that. But just something usually just on her own that she can just kind of like have some quiet time. And um, and then if there's something obviously off that she had a bad day, we obviously just take that time like during snack time to just mm-hmm. to talk about it and, you know, see if she needs any affirmation or understanding or, mm-hmm. you know, just a shoulder to... To cry on, depending on how the day went. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, That's so helpful. Uh, So let's talk about, let's say someone's new to the school or new to your class, whether it be this fall Mm -hmm. or you know how sometimes midway through the season that can happen. Um, It can be really fearful and stressful for parents and kids. Uh, What things can parents and teachers do to like foster friendship in the classroom? Yeah. Um, I would encourage parents to actually go talk to your kid's teacher. Just Mm -hmm. say like, hey, well, we obviously would know your kids knew, but just saying like, hey, we're just looking to build a relationship. Like, who would you recommend? I know that sounds awful, but, but as teachers, like there are kids that we'd be like, you know what, this would be an awesome person for your, your son or daughter to, to connect with. And then if we know that, we can also kind of foster that with like groups or like encouraging them at recess or different things like that. But yeah, like normally your teachers are going to have a, some good insight on to who in the class would be like a, a positive influence for your child mm-hmm. um, in that way. So I think that would be a good way to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think as teachers, anytime there's a new student, you try and find somebody and be like, hey, can you show them around and try and encourage that? But like as parents, then you can encourage that relationship outside of school as well. But I totally agree about asking the teacher for recommendations for friends because um, like I do that for my daughters in in their own school. You know, my friends will be like, they got invited to this birthday party. Should they go? And I'll like give them my opinion and I'll do that too. Like (laughs) teachers like... They they see a lot, <laughs> like yep. they they know a lot of the personality, and they they actually have a, a good idea of who would actually be good friends and who wouldn't be. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. yeah, some kids are just so naturally like this kid is just so friendly, yep. like yep. makes everyone feel loved. Like yeah, you would want the teacher to hook up your kid with you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. You're not saying it in a, like oh avoid that kid, but more just like this kid is so gifted yep. at friendship. And you can see ones that would fit right, yep. like different personalities and like. Yeah, but that would be my biggest recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, where was I? So in terms of success in the classroom, so whether it be academic or like you were saying, like the relational, just developing the skills that we need to live in life, is there anything you wish parents like would do more of with their kids? Because I know sometimes there's things that we kind of, as parents, can think that's something small. They either overlook it or just dismiss it completely. Is there anything, yeah, that you would advise that you think doesn't get the what's it, the recognition it should maybe. I, I, gonna, I think um, I don't think reading is. Parents realize how important their reading is, yeah. like, <laughs> even in like junior high age. <laughs> like I know, like when you're in, uh, like kindergarten grade one, like they have like they really encourage you to read at home and stuff. But kids who read do so much better in school and even in junior high. Um, if a kid loves to read, like not even just language arts, you'll see that overall academically and just to be able to encourage them to read. And it's hard because I like my daughter, she's um, in grade eight. She does not like to read. So when she started, like she used to love to read and then she stopped. So one thing I did was I just put books in the car 
because then she's bored and there's nothing else to do when you're driving around, so she starts to read. <laughs> and that's, like, the only time that she'll read because there's nothing else for her to do. But I'm like, at least she's reading then. Mm-hmm. And she, like, it's, there's got to be, like, ways to get your kids to read. you got to be a little bit creative when they don't or... I, I know I'm I have way too many books it's stupid <laughs> and it's the one thing that I'm like I don't want to ever say no to a book like because yeah. I'm like once they find what they love and they're interested in like it just takes off so I I totally agree um with that and then I don't know if this answers that question it's what's coming to my mind but it might not really answer this but I was just gonna say because every kid is so different and thrive at different things and struggle with different things um I know something I've done personally as a parent, like academics are a little bit more difficult um, for my daughter. And so I've just made sure that there's always something that she's doing that she excels in and thrives. And so she has that opportunity to feel like a rock star (laughs) in the week, you know, like just when everything's tough or everything's a learning curve, even when it's good. um, And I noticed like she had school and then she was also doing piano, which is great. It's still a learning curve where, like, you're learning to read notes and, like, it still is hard. And so then I was like, all right, we need to get something that she just thrives in and it's, like, not work. It's it's good for her, right? So she loves climbing and hanging and all those things. So she's really excited about Ninja Warrior and she's done, like, soccer and gymnastics in the past. But that stuff just comes naturally to her. And so I would just encourage parents to find something. And it doesn't have to be something you have to go spend money on, but something that is just plain enjoyable for the kids that they thrive in mm-hmm. so they have that moment to just feel like I am good at this you know mm-hmm. like and not everything I'm trying to do is 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 right. hard no so. I think that does answer the question because okay, it's so good. important to have <laughs> <laughs> to fill the bucket right yeah like you're saying like to be like oh I'm not just like my bucket's always empty because yeah. I suck at this yeah but more like wow my mom keeps saying really nice things to me when I do this like, totally really and it good. can be just that simple too it's just that affirmation right yeah yeah mm-hmm. you're so smart um so how do you two see parent involvement in the classroom and school as a whole so we kind of were talking before and it obviously can vary depending on the school and you both teach at grad prairie christian so there could be a little skewed in terms of like (laughs) in a good way of parent involvement right but i think for some of us we we're nervous about stepping on our teacher's toes or we think oh you know that's their job i have no responsibility yeah and i'm just curious what you how you two see like, what is a parent's role in terms of, like, even being in the school or in the classroom? Yeah. I've had parents handle it so many different ways, and I love it. Like, some are like, hey, like, I can, I have this many hours a week. Like, I can come in, and I can do whatever you want. Like, cut or Bible verses or whatever it is. Like, um, I've had some parents be like, I can't do that. But, like, if you need anything, email me, and, like, I can bring whatever you need. So, like, I think depending on people's schedules and just what they have going on in their lives, they can kind of help in different ways. But communicating that has, has been really helpful and just knowing like these are my go-to people if it's like, you know, we need something and we don't have it, like I can text them and I know it'll be, or not text, email them and know that, that like they'll provide that kind of thing. Right. Whereas these are my people that like, hey, we're doing an in-class project and we just need more hands on, could you guys come in? Mm-hmm. So I think just communicating with your teacher how you'd like to help and then kind of leaving it in their court as to when they reach out. Right, because you're still respecting that boundary then. Being like, hey, I'm offering, yeah. now I'm leaving it up to you, compared to being like, I'm showing up every day, and I'm staying in your <laughs> Yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> but I would say, for the most part, like, we don't, like, I would always appreciate everyone. Like, a, like how do I word it? You're going to have to edit this. But, like, <laughs> we're not, like, overflowing with parent volunteers. Like, and there's always things that can be done that would be helpful. So, like, I would say, like, if you want to get in there, like, 
let them know, right? Or let them know your schedule or that kind of thing because, uh, like, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure, do you have... It, well, it's totally different. Okay. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> like, have a lot of parents come in to help, right? Because we don't necessarily need things cut out. We don't need things. True. But if there is ways <laughs> that they can, um, I just know that sometimes it's just nice for them if they're able to come watch something that the students are doing. Um, in junior high, the one parental way to get involved is helping out with the sports teams and stuff like that. So that's a really good way of helping it. Um, but if, you know, sometimes they just stop by on their birthday with yeah. like treats or whatever. And I think that the junior highs pretend that they don't like seeing their parents, you know, but I think they actually do appreciate the fact that their parents are just thought about them, stop by, like some of them stop by and give them a coffee or something like <laughs> not that I'm condoning like coffee but for junior highs but like something special like just stopping by and like making their day special I think mm. can be important for junior high and I like seeing my girls like I'm fortunate because they're at my school but even though like my daughter in grade eight like I like seeing her during the day it's nice right mm. and the one in my other one's going to grade six and she always is so happy to see me during school too so I think the kids actually like to see their parents at their school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that kind of comes back to the other question I had about fostering community, right? Like to have it like, yeah, we want parent involvement on a healthy level. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we totally do. Right. This isn't just like, pass them off to me. I'm the, what would you call that? I'm the authority on knowledge, you <laughs> dumb parent. No, like, right? Like, that's not the view. And that's not what we, we want to perpetuate. Um yeah, do you wish that parents were more involved in, like, is like that, that's kind of the norm, right? Junior high, you're kind of like, oh, man. Even in church, we kind of are like, okay, go to youth group. Like, yeah. we just kind of pass them off, where it's like, oh, maybe there should be more. It depends, because junior highs aren't always the easiest people to work with. Hmm. So you do have to have, like, I feel, a special way to, like, actually communicate with them. Yeah. So they're not just as easy to, to go in and... And work with them so right it's not and the junior high kids are so independent right and if I need something done they'll do it right so anything like the parents are probably helping with in younger grades I could just get some junior high students to do themselves okay because they take more of a leadership role right yeah. that makes sense and I feel like there is that natural progression like as you yeah. grow up you're obviously gonna have less um, parental not involvement but like you don't need to be supervised the same way as when you're in grade one but one thing I would say going from grade one to like five, six is like, I miss a bit more of like the parental check-in. Like in grade one, I was, I felt like most of my families, if there was something going on or like, you know, there was a concern or something they knew within that day or that week. And it was, so it wasn't like I, you know, it's term one and I haven't met this parent yet or like things like that. Um, so I just felt like to feel connected to the family and just have that rapport with the family. I really enjoyed that in the younger grades. And I know it's a little bit older, but I still, I would love, I have some parents that pop in and just check in, like, anything I need to know, like, that kind of stuff, and it just really helps build that relationship, um, and I really appreciate it, so I would encourage um, parents to do that, like, obviously, if you have, like, four kids in different grades, like, you're not going to be stopping in every day after school, but just, just checking in, Mm -hmm. and just having that that friendly face, so we know know you, and just have that that, uh, relationship with you, I think is really good. The teacher might be flustered, and holding papers, and whatever, but really... (laughs) It's like, I might be flustered, but I'm still so happy to make the connection. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It's good to know them, too. I think yeah. also in junior high, just more parents are working. Yeah. Right? That's, the right. kids are old enough. That's that, fair. Like, they can be at Such home by insight. themselves. So, like, parents are just working is not available as much. So. Yeah. Right. So many factors, eh? 
Um, my next question is, if a parent has concerns, so whether it be like academic, relational, um, maybe just like you, um, like they hear something happen today in class, mm -hmm. what are the best steps dealing with it at home or at school? Like how would you advise parents if they have a concern that way? Because sometimes we don't, as parents or caregivers, always take, we think we're doing the best, yep. but I'm trying to get the inside scoop from you ladies about what you think would be the most natural way to deal with that, concerns. Yeah, um, I, yeah, it totally comes up. And now being a parent, I've had the humbling experience of being on the other end where like mama bear comes out and you're like, oh, like, you know, and so I've had, it has changed my perspective a bit, but I, I really appreciate when parents check in either in person or even in an email, because sometimes it's like not until like, you know, 7.30 at night you hear that this thing happened. But I've had parents just be like, hey, like my son said this today, um, just wondering if we could get your perspective on what's happening. Um, and just checking in that way. It's very like non-threatening. So obviously we know there's something to deal with, but it's like kind of giving us the, the respect of like, we, we trust you, we like your input rather than like, this is what happened, like fix it kind of thing, you know? Like, I, and I've had them go both ways. And I find when it's just established in that, like, can we get your insight on mm -hmm. this? Is like, is this the full story kind of thing? Or like, you know, just opening the conversation for us to check in. Cause sometimes we don't even know. Like sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like I'll check in to this and get back to you right away. Uh, especially with the older kids, like things happen and conversations happen on the playgrounds where we're not always there with them. So, but just doing it in that way of, um, I don't know what the words are, but like not just jumping to conclusions, but right. showing that respect and just like, let's have a conversation about it rather than accusations. Right. So. Cause yeah, it's so easy then to be defensive compared to being like, I'm going to ask, do you know what happened today? I heard this is it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes as teachers, like we're only allowed to say so much about other students as well, just for like privacy. So like Sometimes you might not feel like you got, like, you know, the justice or the whole answer. We're only allowed to say so much if, like, it includes somebody else and we're dealing with them. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to keep that in mind as well, just kind of trusting us with that process. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it's hard, for sure. And now being a parent, I totally get it in a different way. So <laughs> I say this all understanding, yeah. but, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I find something that's helpful with, like, my daughters is to be, like, so if I check with your teacher, yes. will they have the same story? <laughs> and often I get a more truthful story from them. So I think it's important to not to assume that everything your child is saying is necessarily the truth yeah. or that they, have, they could have perceived it in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it's important for sure, go to the teacher. Like I said, emails, I'm, email's fine or whatever, but some, instead of just going straight to the principal or something, yeah. but check with the teacher first in some way. And kind of go with the attitude of, like, let's work together yeah. and not necessarily blaming right away, but saying, first of all, is this true? Like, is this, like, when, what can we do to fix this? Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, being supportive, encouraging, like, and being respectful to the teacher as well, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So just to repeat what you said, you would say to your girls, if I go to your teacher and ask about this, am I going to hear the same story? Yeah, and then sometimes, like... Well, <laughs> maybe not. They might say this. It's like, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we have a bit of a bias view on that too because like we're obviously like friends with our colleagues. <laughs> yeah. So like sometimes like I'll catch Kaya or here in the staff room. Or something. Oh, I shouldn't have said her name. I'll catch my <laughs> daughter um, and then here in the staff room before I even see her something that happened. So I kind of already have the like the 
Yeah, sometimes the prior we, yeah, knowledge. We have some knowledge before, <laughs> which they hate yeah. being teachers' kids, but then it's like, is this really how it happens? It's very fun, though, I must say. Yes. Right, to be like, oh, how was your day today? Did you go anywhere near the office today? <laughs> right? yeah. No, really. Yeah. So that's not normal for everyone. I think we just benefit from that. I don't yeah. know if it's a benefit, but it's enjoyable at this point. So. Our daughter, my daughters do not think it's a benefit. Oh, no. <laughs> She's like, how did you know? Yeah. I'm like, I will always know. <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> yeah, until you're in high school. Yeah. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. So lastly, we wanted to, I'm trying to always end our podcast on an encouraging note. So what encouragement can we give to caretakers and parents as they raise their little ones? Anything come to mind? I think you have to, like, remember that you're going to make mistakes and nobody is uh, perfect. There's no perfect parents. And every time you're dealing with something, it's probably something new. Mm. So you have to like give yourself grace. And then I think sometimes it's so important just to remember that they're God's children and they're, he's the one that's ultimately in control and we don't need to worry about all the little things, but Mm. sometimes just take it to prayer Mm. and just do, um, trust God will look after them. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Mm, I love that. I can't compute that. (laughs) 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 Um, I would say it's less, uh, biblically based (laughs) but I would just say like just enjoy the little moments like just those little things that happen in a day like just the laughter or like you know like the little snuggle or whatever it is whatever age and stage your kids are at um and be able to be present so you can experience those little moments Mm -hmm. because you know like life is busy but when you just enjoy those little things and find the the value in them um they're just something to savor right and I think it can be really beautiful um that's what, that's what I would say. <laughs> Thank you both so much for coming in. And yeah, we're praying and hoping that everyone has a great start to the fall season. And yeah, I hope this advice is like actually beneficial to people because yeah. I'm, I hear all three of us being passionate about literacy. <laughs> and then um, also, it's just so easy to get sucked into adding things to the schedule yeah. and like deny your kid no good thing when really every yes means a no to something else. 100%. And yeah, our kids should really enjoy that downtime that they can get in a safe environment. Like, we might not see it, but it's like a battery being recharged. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks so much, uh, Heather. And I was going to say Candace. Thank you so much. No, who's Heather? It is Candace. <laughs> <laughs> Candace and Juliana. Oh, my thanks goodness. Thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. That is our episode for today. We want to thank you for listening. If you have any topic ideas you'd like us to cover, please send us an email to office at gpalliance.ca with the subject title of women's podcast in the title there. That way it gets to me. That would be great. We would love to hear any of your ideas. Lastly, we're trying to reach as many listeners as we can in hopes of growing the kingdom of God. Whether you tell someone in person about the podcast or leave us a review on your podcast app of choice, we would so appreciate it. Those things really help people find us. May the Lord bless you and keep you, dear friends. And until next time, God bless.